Hello and welcome to episode three of season five of the Three Amigos. I'm your host Mars, and I'm joined as always by my amiga Kali and my amigo PJ. Guys, how are we? Great, thank you. Very good. Well, another ridiculously entertaining game week in a way, with bla- uh, popular blanks uh, flopping, uh, captain uh, popular captains blanking, blanks flopping, <laughs> and differentials uh, delivering for some, uh, maybe not for others. So, as always, we'll start with the highest scorer of the game week, and that's uh, me again. Um, yeah, 84 points, despite my... Uh, well, I don't even know if his counts as a captain flop, considering he got six points. That will do for Mr. Salah. But the double bubble deli- delivered again. Uh, I'm claiming that hashtag, and no one will take it away from me. And also the, the red double delivered with um, uh, Arnold and uh, Chimikas. So, um, even Mares chipped in with a goal. So yeah, no, it's a, you know, I would say that it's important to follow the first game week with a good second and third game week. So I'm happy with that. Can't complain. And in second place this time is Kylie. Yes, indeed. And actually, I'm getting serious uh, Mean Girls fetch moment here with you and Double Bubble. I have heard no one else say that except you. You've been waving that flag for the last. It's on Twitter. Rocky, Rocky used it. Uh, Blanco used it. Other people have used it. So I'm claiming the hashtag. Washing. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough then. <laughs> if Rocky uses it. Rocky's a celebrity. It's, it's, so exactly. <laughs> it's legit at that point. Um, yeah, so a decent decent game week for me, and particularly considering the fact that I did have a, a genuine flop for, for captain in uh, Bruno, the worst performer in my team across all players. So that was uh, disappointing. Um, but generally speaking, it went really well. I, I had something from my entire defence. I'm sure getting those two bonus uh, was lovely. And Sufal finally getting an assist. I mean, I know it's only two game weeks, but it just he had so many chances to get an assist in that match. And I was just praying for someone to convert one of them, um, which they did. Had Jota still and... Um, Rafina and of course Antonio and and Ings. I didn't have Ben Rama. Oh, I can't remember how to say his name. Mars, sorry. Ben Rama. Um, ben Rama. I didn't have him <laughs> um, for for this game week, and it was grim at the start of that match uh, before Antonio got moving. But overall, really really happy and very uh, solid week to follow up last week. Good. Not flying Talk- like you, but good. Hey, look, it's all about saying all the facts. Talking about Grimm, uh, PJ. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah, standard uh, standard week two horror show for me, although how 58 can be considered a horror show in the context of, of FBL, you know, it just shows how high the kind of standard kind of currently is at the moment. Um, seven of my team mustered 13 points between them uh, and... I was carried by the Liverpool double bubble and obviously uh, Benarama, who has, uh, you know, kind of dragged me to a score of at least kind of mediocrity, which means I'm not too far adrift as we go into week three. So the less said about that, the better. These uh, guys need to return for me or be shipped out for those which have more chance of doing so. But we will get on to that. Yeah. Pod. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, we, 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 we discussed this, didn't we? It, it's really it was some of these were 50-50 calls where you went Wilson, others went Antonio. You went... Um, uh, Gundogan, where others went Greenwood, and, and and I just think it's 
that's where the luck aspect comes of it because they were all good picks. I mean, I can't remember how many times I swipped, uh, swapped between Antonio and Wilson in my team and then decided to go with where, with the former. But yeah, look, now... Uh, I mean, I mean, Antonio has twice as many points as any other forward in the game after just two game weeks. I mean, that is... No one no one could have foreseen that. He was obviously a good pick. Yeah. He, was, he had decent fixtures, great form, tail end of last season. But that, that level of you know, is, is off the scale in terms of how much of a difference owning Benarama and Antonio, those two specifically, over any other midfielders or forwards in that bracket have been. I mean, West, West Ham scored eight goals. They're in, an attacking team, right? Last season, <laughs> last season, they entertained us. It's one of the reasons I decided to double up on them, on the double bubble. Because I remember last season I had Villa triple and that helped me. When, whenever Villa delivered, I would have a great, game week and that's when I like jumped in the rank because not many people had triples some people might, might, might have had Grealish and Watkins or Martins and Watkins where I had Grealish as well so I remembered that because I was thinking like you because we had the conversation you said you wanted to spread your, your 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 bets and not put all your eggs in one basket whereas I just decided to go with the ones that I thought were more attacking or relied just something about Newcastle listen Wilson's still good uh, he has a good fixture he was unlucky could have easily returned with a red card to Martinez. It's just, that is the luck aspect of it. And I, I know it's easier for me to say, sitting here with, with a good game week, and it's harder for you to look at it and, and see the bright side. But I just, I think we're going to talk about it more, about knee jerking, etc. But anyway, listen, we, we're, just, we're just mere average players compared to the top of the Amigos League. So t- tell us about these, these guys that are flying high. Yes, thanks. Um, and it's a real, it's a real stitch up this week from a pronunciation standpoint. So I'll, we I'll love make it. that clear right for we me. We love it. <laughs> right for me off. Love um, it. Absolutely. It feels like these names have just been written to torture me. So at number five with uh, Maximal Utah, we have Soran Is- Ismail. Uh, I'm sorry, we've got two people with that surname in the top five, for God's sake. Ismail. Number four, the, ne- the, the nearly man, Ger Newman. A bit easier than that. Number three, FPL Ukraine. Uh, yep. Maxime Malinovsky. I'll, I'll try again. Ma- Maxime. I think it's Maxime Mala- Malinovsky. Ski. What? Why? Why is a K next to a Y? Can I just say okay. my favourite part is the fact that you clearly just looked at the name and the sigh from you before you even started told the tale. Yeah. Um, Malinovsky. It's Malinovsky. I'm just looking. Malinovsky. Okay, yeah, but you, you, yeah, you, you can, you know, pronounce, you know, multicultural names better than I can. I think that's been established. You know? <laughs> anyway, Boom Shakalaka, Tarik Ismail. Ismail, yeah. Uh, in number, Ismail, yes, great. And in number one, Igloostan Wanderers, Desmond Brady, Desmond Brady. What Desmond a name. Brady. Yes, Desmond. What a lovely name. Can I can I just also point out that um uh, our friend um Benny Wank aside Benny Blanco would actually be top of the Three Amigos League if he'd actually bothered to join it. So you know, jokes on him. Yeah, it, it is indeed great, great start. And just to mention that the league will be shut as always after the international break. We always shut it because we don't want any of those guys that suddenly realize, oh, like you know, like the Blanco, I'm doing really well. Let me join the leagues and and, and win them, whatever. But yeah, we uh, well later on anyway. So we stop it after the international break and make it a fair competition. For ev- for everybody, <sighs> right? I'm, I'm I'm gonna try and relax, but it's it it angers me. It angers me, guys. 
every time I go in there, mid-game week, and people are shouting about their scores. Hashtag mid-game week wankers. Guys, come on. Like, at least wait. Okay, fine. Look, No, I'll, I'll be honest. I've said it, uh, and I'll say it again. It's absolutely fine. This, it's a game that we enjoy, and when you, do, when you go high, you, you are allowed to celebrate it. There's nothing wrong with that. If you don't like it, if you had a bad game week, switch off or mute, or just don't, you know, just, just flick. There's nothing wrong with it. Now, obviously, if you celebrate this early, you have to realise that some people will call you out and tell you you're like, just like I did with Blanc, I told him he's like Aston Villa or Everton celebrating the league in September. Hashtag early ejaculation, but it, it could work. You know, there's a long way to go. So there's no need to be upset on either side, but you can't stop people from celebrating. But also you have to be realistic that, you know, maybe, okay, tone it down a little bit or, or something like that, because at the end of the day, it's only the second game week. That's all. Marzat. More ejaculation than I was expecting in that rant, Mars, I have to say. <laughs> Always likes to surprise mm-hmm. us. Um, it, it's, it's, good, it's good that this game week, just on that point, Mars, um, reduces the midweek game wankery because um, there's only kind of 28 hours between all of the kickoffs that are actually condensed between Saturday and Sunday. Uh, I can't actually remember the last time that happened because um, uh, obviously there's no Friday or Monday kickoff. So, so that gives people less time to, yeah, kind of shoot their load before the next game comes along, which we're all for. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure if I just promoted load shooting. <laughs> there seems to be anyway. a lot of that theme tonight. <laughs> let's, let's move on quickly. Right, so... Um, we want to touch on, uh, so obviously there's a lot of um, potential knee-jerking happening at the moment with people uh, we just talked about that either missed out on the double bubble or want to join the double bubble uh, or people, um, you know, looking at the... Please stop saying double bubble. Do we need an intervention already? No, it's, it's all about the double bubble. like eight, eight it's excessive. nine yeah. times. <laughs> Come on. Uh, <laughs> with price prices you know. as well. So we have a question, for example, uh, to start to start the chat from uh, SK at SK, uh, uh, SKNAX81. I just literally <laughs> spelt it out. Could read it. Would be interesting to hear your takes on the psychology of knee-jerk transfers and taking hits. Often can result in bad transfers and accumulating negative points when actually patients are not chasing the flavor of the week works better. Now, look, I think sometimes it can, sometimes it's not, and we're going to try and discuss it. So let's try and break it down. So let's talk, touch on chasing points. I hear that a lot. People discuss it. So the double West Ham players. Uh, see, I didn't say it. Uh, Mason Greenwood. <laughs> Mason Greenwood. PJ. Should people who don't have them? So I know you don't have Antonio. We talked about it. I know you don't have Greenwood. I do not. Exactly. So would it be chasing or would it be the right decision? To, to jump on those informed players. What's, what's your thoughts on chasing points versus actually the right move? Yeah, uh, two kind of broader points on here that I'd like to kind of make before maybe kind of mentioning any specific. The first broader point is, and I don't want us to come across as overly pedantic, but ultimately what defines whether a move, whether you've waited patiently or whether you've knee-jerked in 10 seconds after someone's just scored a goal what defines that move being a success is ultimately what they then do in the next game. It's not the mood that you were in or what inspired you to make that move. Antonio scoring in the next match is what makes that a good transfer. It doesn't ma- doesn't matter if you did that at 4pm on Monday or 11am on Saturday. So I think that's one of the key things. It's about, you know, I think the psychology of it is more rationalising your own decisions to try and put you in a better place to make them. 
it, it doesn't ultimately affect the end result. And and the second point, again, kind of slightly broader, but I love this. I read this last year um, in a very deep dives uh, stats conversation. I think it might have been on Scout, uh, where someone kind of analysed whether players are more likely to haul the week after they've already already done a big score. I think it was done on double digit scores, basically. So we know that Antonio and Benarama have both returned back to back double digit scores. Fantastic for double bubble owners. So we know that. So this analysed how likely they they were of repeating it. And you know, long story short, the finding was that form players, and by that we look at players who don't have a long established history of being basically premium assets, double digit performers, of which Antonio and Ben Rama would certainly fall into, say Lingard in a Nacho from a kind of tail end of last season because they're fresh in their mind. These are players who are um will go on these kind of streaky kind of light little runs. And they're they're far less likely to return a very high score again after doing it. Whereas the inverse is true about premium players. So the best time to captain a Salah or a Bruno statistically is after they've blanked because those type of players very rarely blank twice, certainly three times in a row. That is ultimately why they are premium players because they keep returning year in, year out. So I think that's that really ties into that kind of chasing point mentality. So, you know, are they players who we believe will consistently score that level of points? Antonio and Ben Rama, you know, history says they probably aren't. But, you know, there's a bit of a caveat there. It's the start of the season. This West Ham team look full of goals. They don't seem to be bothered. You know, they seem to be interested in defending. And they're playing what looked to be quite a poor kind of Crystal Palace team. So there's a lot there, you know, to make it a very good call to, to kind of say, yes, let's get on that. But... Just to kind of tie that back into the question. So my dilemma is exactly fear-based. If I get Antonio, it is a move born entirely of fear. I don't have him. I am afraid of him scoring 12, 13, 14, 15 points again over Callum Wilson, who obviously just bombed. But is it is it rational? Is it stubborn, as some people have said, for me to kind of not not do that move for Antonio to Wilson? But I, I don't know. I think I think I think it's I think it's a difficult one because logic dictates that he won't return three double digit scores in a row. That is almost unheard of in in you know kind of FBL kind of circles, particularly for kind of lower priced assets of mid table teams. So you know that's you know I think that's my my, my take on it. Greenwood I think is. More a case of he's playing really consistently um, for a team where he is now the kind of focal point of our attack. Uh, the absolute horror show that was Martial for 60 minutes will hopefully never be repeated again. So I think Greenwood starts and I think he remains a very good asset. I don't think he's a long term asset because, you know, we've already seen that Rashford is is back in training and we're going to have a lot of games and a lot of competition once we're back from the international break. But uh, I, I still think for this week, he remains an extremely good kind of transfer. So I think all that kind of um, goes into my mind as well. Yeah, it's, in- anyway, it's, in- yeah. it's interesting you say that. But I always look at it and always think, right, could, it, could they do it? And I, I saw, I saw a, a, something that only three players or three players did it last season. 
And now already two people have done it. Two players have done it this season. The, the double digits in, in two, two weeks in a row. Like so, for me, if if I ignore the players, normally if I don't have a player that is, um, you know, becomes a bandwagon or or, or inform and delivers, I, I look at a few things. First of all, I look at their fu- fu- future fixtures. Um, could, do, are they easy? Are they on a run? And because you know, like you said, form players, they've got Crystal Palace at home and uh, believe. Is it Southampton away? Or it is. It's Southampton. It is, yeah. Southampton away. For me, too easy. Although Southampton made me eat humble pie. And you know, when I'm wrong, I put my hands up. So no more hashtag, uh, no disrespect. Uh, we'll save that for Norwich. Um, but, you know, still for me, easy fixtures for an attacking team. Let's see if some people are saying maybe Palace will shut up shop. Well, look, they are informed. So I look at the fixtures. Then I also sometimes... I look at the owner. How much are they going to hurt me if they don't have if I don't have him versus the players that I have? If if that's important to you, so in the le- in in the mini leagues, although it's a little bit early now. And the other thing that I look at is how much am I disturbing my team? Am I am I taking hits to bring in? Am I you know am, am I literally just scared to bring him? No, I don't even think about how many people have them on Twitter because as people say, you'll only see the people that have you mostly see good scores. So you need to to look beyond that. It's not. It's a small mind. It's a small minority of the larger game. Ben Rahma's Ben Rahma's under ten percent. Uh, Antonio, I believe, is between ten and twenty. I haven't looked. Maybe maybe just a little bit higher than twenty percent. So one in three players. So that that he's higher than than Ben Rahma. Um, and 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 then the the other thing that I would look at is what fixtures do my players have? Are they coming into a difficult run? Are they off form or are they making chances? So. Where I agree with you on Antonio and uh, Ben Rahma, um, I, I know what you mean about inform, etc. But so they are playing really well for an attacking team with good fixtures. I think if it's an easy move where you think, okay, I look at my mini league, everybody's got them. I'm going to be dr- drifting apart. Maybe I need to move for one of them, especially if you're not, if you have neither. Yeah, that's or if you have a, you know, the difficult one is Barnes where. With them playing Norwich, um, do, do you move? Do you think? Do you think? But now you start thinking. Oh, you, you start overthinking it. Is Rogers gonna bench him because they're not doing? Is he gonna play with two up front and not Barnes? Or is Norwich an easy game? Should I stay with Barnes? I think these, you need to step away from Twitter and look at your team and and make that decision so it doesn't become a knee jerk reaction. Um, Kylie, one so one of the things that also people are talking so with the knee jerking is due to price rises and price drops. How do you, how do you deal with it? And how would you advise people to, to look at it? Um, Okay. This is an interesting one because traditionally I would not be someone who is highly motivated, motivated by, by price rises and um, moves quickly on that. I always think if you've got quality players who are performing, you'll get significant value out of them in the long run anyway. You know, you may get a bit less than if you moved early in the week. Um, but I, I would always leave my transfers to, you know, Saturday morning basically because I have always valued information over that, that extra point one. say. I mean, that was more aggressively the case last season because we just had so much going on with COVID. We had people getting COVID, etc. Um, so I, I was very diligent about that. I just never, ever would make an early transfer. I'm a bit more open to it um, this season. And I think that's driven mostly by the fact that we really do have quite a number of premium 
players to choose from. We've now got Lukaku, you know, Kane is staying at Spurs. Um, he will come back into the mix. And then we've got Bruno and we've got um, Salah and Son maybe. And then, you know, what happens if Sancho comes good? There's loads of them. We are going to want to have decent value this season to afford to at least squeeze an extra one in later on in the season. So I think it feels slightly more important to me this year to have a decent value um, in saying that I think there's a, a significant caveat in that maybe going early isn't the best in this particular game week or um, or, or the next just because of the, the international break situation. I think we're going to get to that shortly. But there's a lot going on at the moment. So I, I think it, a little bit of caution right now makes sense. And obviously we've got cup matches that have been on this midweek that can always result in injuries. So you really do need to try and balance the two um, where there's an opportunity or you're maybe going to get priced out of a move that you really strongly know that you want to make, then it might be worth it. Um, but try to avoid getting yourself into a tricky situation as well. Some people are just really aggressive. Like they'll do it on the Saturday and there's a long time between Saturday and the following game week in which plenty of things can happen. I mean, no one knew about Ben White having COVID until it was suddenly announced after the deadline. So things to bear in mind. Yeah, no, that's 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 fair enough, I guess. Yeah, um, I, I'm trying to think. Though I, I do look at price changes as much as I could to see if there's anything, but... I try not, you know, I've I've said it on Twitter, I try not to make it uh, decide for me. I'm yeah. trying to wait as long as possible because of what you said, you know, the news about the international break, the Carlin Cup games, Spurs are playing tomorrow, who's going to play, how fit is Kane, etc. Um, as late as possible also, just in case there's any any COVID cases that come out of, uh, you know, in, in, in the press. So, but but I understand sometimes, you know, if you have, if you have a good... <laughs> If, if we look at just quick specific example, for example, where I would have moved if I had a Gundogan and I could see that, you know, two games, he's maybe he's not doing what he used to do last year. There's other players in the City team that are moving are further forward scoring. KDB is going to come back at that price before he drops, moving on to somebody like Ben Rahma or uh, another, uh, uh, you know, uh, parallel move. I would have probably jumped. The harder one is well, the Barnes where they have yeah. a, a good fixture. It's it's funny you mention that, right? Because despite me just sort of suggesting that you should be, you know, we have cup matches and we have international break and everything, I actually did move um, quickly this week, despite everything I've just said. I'm going to um, guess Smith Rowe to, to, you said you brought in Van Rahman, right? Yes, yes. Um, and the fact that you looked at my team and determined that that was probably the move I made <laughs> says, says it all right, because... Uh, I had money in the bank. I started the season with a million in the bank and I saved my transfer last week because I wanted to assess the situation. Yeah. Um, and uh, Ben Rama was going up and um, looked like he might be going up again, I think even. Um, and Smith Rowe went down last night. So I made this move before both of those changes happened. Now, there are lots of question marks and everything, but I have two free transfers and my plan is to hold the second transfer potentially going into the international break. So yeah. I had one to use. I could have used it on my bench, 
But I thought, no, you know what? I don't want to have Smith throw in there. I'd rather go double bubble um, even for a week because, you know what? It's fun. It was really fun watching that West Ham match. And I would love to – stubbornness meant that I didn't start with him. Now, I did have Sufal and Antonio, so it would have been a triple up for me. Um, But Nothing wrong with that. No, true, but it that felt a bit rich for the start yeah. of the season when we saw West Ham <clears throat> playing so well without fans. And what were they going to play like with fans if things went a little sour? That was a significant question for everyone. Yeah. Um, now, they've been performing brilliantly. And this season, last season was torturous. And I was really stubborn at a lot of points. And I... I took ages to get on players because I was really stubborn about them and I had all these vendettas, as we know. And this season I, I've decided to to pair that back and, and just go back to enjoying it and having players in that I want. So I stand by what I said about price changes, but in cases like this where you're happy to just go, you know what, I'm willing to risk it, and the person that I'm getting rid of isn't something isn't someone that I'm overly fearful of, um, and yeah. I don't particularly want in my team. Then I think it's it's a worthwhile risk. It, it's it's you look they've got they've got a tough fixture coming up, and you're going from a a player who had potential but not delivered to an informed player. I don't I don't think it's the wrong move, personally. I think it's, uh, I think it's the right move. Well, no, it's the right yeah. move. She's buying fucking Ben Rama, which is what she should have done. <laughs> Quiet. Yes. At least this season, as you know. If this was last season, I would have just adamantly not bought him. We know who to blame if if he doesn't deliver. Let's let's be honest. Exactly. No, I'm just. No, 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 (laughs) Kylie. This is on you. This is. We know. We know your curse has. History. Well, no, not this season. Have... Don't mention that <laughs> right, yeah, word to me. I, don't I want have you led to this man Let's... to the highest point scoring midfielder in the game. Don't you? I, I've I'm led this. Listen to this. Listen to episode one, episode two, two where two. we discussed Ben Rahma. Mr. Someone was saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's because PJ's... you're lucky Trossard had COVID. Lucky, oh. lucky, he, luckily he recovered. <laughs> he is, right, yeah. anyway, let's let's move on. So the other thing that normally leads to knee jerk is these lo- lovely, nice flavours that are coming in, which, Kylie, you touched on. So we have uh, Lukaku coming in and delivering straight away. I don't care who he was playing, he still delivered, and he had a lot of chances. You have Kane now saying, I'm staying at Spurs, and now he could be back in the frame. So sometimes people like to break the template and make that, uh, you know, Dave calls it, uh, our friend Dave calls it power play, or some others will just call it aggressive moves. Um, And look, I can see why somebody will do that. Lukaku will probably end up, Competing with Salah, with with Kane for the golden the golden goal. Absolutely, no, no the golden boot. No doubt about that. I thought so you I, said the golden goat there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> the golden goat as well. There, there will be the goats, right? But there's no doubt about that. But I can see also why some people are hesitating or holding back. You know. We have, so, so for some people, to get Lukaku in, you're going to have to change the structure either uh, have imbalance somewhere or sell one of the two premiums that we have. Most people have Bruno or Salah. Unless somebody start, started with Mane, that's an easier move. Um, or, or a son. Uh, and 
The other thing is you have the mid-range forwards who are on fire at the moment. And, and what we just said is they have good fixtures. So Calvert-Lewin is on form and he's got good fixtures. Uh, you have Antonio, we just touched on. Ings has an okay fixture, then it gets harder. So that's what you've got. Then changes. Bamford becomes from game week five or even four against Liverpool, if you like, you know, Leeds attack. They will have good fixtures. We have Wilson. So many players that if I, if I was, so I, I, again, I'll use my example. I looked at it and I thought, okay, if, if I go with Lukaku, it has to be two up front. It'll be him plus one of those that I mentioned, but I have to sacrifice another. And I looked at the fixtures and I thought, okay, he's got, he did, he, he did really well against Arsenal, could have scored more, but not every team will defend like Arsenal. Let's see what, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the game. He could do what Drogba did to us and absolutely destroy our defence against Liverpool. Or he might find it more difficult, which sometimes happens in the, in those cagey games. And and you, you get you know the, when the top six play against each other, it's not usually a high scoring. I don't want to jinx it and we go lose four one again or something like that. Um, so when you look at the fixtures and you look at those, uh, my hope is that if I go with three forwards, my the two that I choose instead of going for Lukaku, either match him or. I, or outplays him. It's a gamble that I'm taking until I see more of Lukaku. And well, it's not. It's not see more of him. Actually, from game week seven onwards, it's absolutely dream. So he, we know he's a flat uh, uh, track bully, uh, and it's, it's a term that people use. But he will basically destroy weak defenses. Where he, instead of me going in with him now changing my team around to fit him in when he's got Liverpool and City in, in the goal and he could still he's got Aston Villa in between so I can see why people do that and it's the same with Kane by the way similar prices in fact Kane is, a, is one more expensive with Kane is will he start is he fit? let's see if he starts tomorrow will he start again on the weekend we know Kane will deliver he will absolutely deliver but again you have to change your structure and change your team and I think with, with the mid-price forwards doing what they're doing and the mid-price midfielders also you don't have to make that move right now. You can wait, see what happens until game week seven when the fixtures swings and you can even get rid of one of the premiums. I, I wouldn't, but you can. And then either wild card or have two transfers or a mini wild card without affecting your team massively. What do you guys think? Are you enticed by a Lukaku or a Kane or or, or not yet? Um, not not yet for me. Uh, I theoretically am enticed by him um, at some point. But I think given the circumstances, just as you outlined there, we currently have mid-priced players who are performing well. And generally speaking, these are players that most of us own. So we're in a situation where we might have the odd player in our team who we're not particularly happy with. But overall, pretty content. Those players still have good fixtures, at least for the next one, maybe few. And um, Chelsea don't have great fixtures. So it, there's an opportunity there always for someone who wants to jump early. But because of the fact that he's not someone you can just neatly fit in, you do have to restructure to some degree and you do have to say goodbye to another opportunity player that you currently have that could hurt you. It feels a bit soon for me. I think if I was someone who maybe had a team that was not performing really well or, you know, or I felt like I was in a bit of a mess, then he might feel like an opportunity to to knee jerk in to kind of go against the trend. But I wouldn't be ripping things up for him right now. Plenty of opportunity to watch what happens over the next couple and and get your plan in place for him if indeed yeah. you want him from seven onwards. 
Yeah. I think I think the real difficult thing is that so far there has not been a lot of genuinely cheap enablers that have emerged. Um, you could argue there's been a couple at the def- couple in defence, but every one of them across the board come with question marks. Obviously, you know, Simicus, you know, and and Duffy have both you know started fantastically as four million defenders, but we know there's question marks obviously over Simicus's position and even Duffy um, when Veltman uh, returns will he kind of keep his place Brighton might sign another centre back as well so you know we're not sure whether there's kind of longevity on that Um, and then if you take out kind of Brentford who've obviously kind of started quite well it's kind of like well is there isn't anyone below kind of Eight million, really? Who's kind of who? who who's really kind of come out? Um, sorry, not eight million. Um, below seven million, uh, other than Benarama, who we've mentioned, who has kind of come out and hit the ground running, kind of two games in a row. Dennis obviously did it week one for Watford, but we know that there's so many strikers there at that club. Um, anyone in that team has obviously got to keep scoring, and you know, in order to sustain the place, there hasn't been any kind of cheap four point five five million midfielders who've emerged oh, like there normally is. What do you want more? Bissouma gave you an assist. Yeah, but no one. People are gonna. Are people really gonna get Lukaku, Kane, and Salah, and Trent, and play Bissouma week? No, but actually, you know, I I actually disagree with you. I think this season we are lucky with the pricing. Rafinha, you can have a midfield of Salah, Bruno, Rafinha, plus Ben Rahma or somebody else, plus uh, Lukaku and a a forward. I, I, I mean, that is my. That is my plan. Yeah, you can have three. Yeah. You can have yeah, three. Yeah, you can have three. But you can't. You can't have four. You can't have four. And I don't think you can have three and Trent. No, and Trent. Any combination. I, I have. Yeah, but I you, think you, you will lose get... out, out, out because. Yeah, you will lose difference... out too much because then you're going no DCL, no yeah. Ings, no Antonio. You're missing out on the. You're really going to miss you're missing out, out on the, the mid-priced to... ones there. Hot, and those are actually the players who I want to hop mm. between. Those those players who I, you look at the fixtures. People people have mentioned Jimenez as a great absolutely. option to jump on when he's fixed. Fixtures keep turning, and you know you say for the formula I agree about Simicast, but then uh, you know Williams have just moved to Norwich and they will have good fixtures now. Do I want a Norwich defender? Probably not. But do I want my four my formula to play all the time? No, we got lucky with Simicast and people who had Duffy and those who had Amati. Um, I think in, in, in midfield, you have Saar coming into good fixtures. Again, let's see what Watford do, but we have Ben Rahma, uh, Rafinha. I but think I there's think... actually quite a few options. And I think the point that uh, PJ is making there is that those sort of circa six to maybe seven million ones are great options. They're really good options. Mm. But you can't, can you really have them plus Trent, plus Salah, Bruno and Lukaku. No, no, it's, it's, it's not just that. It's more that those players in that bracket are not what I would consider set and forget. So, so let's just backtrack a minute. This is this is more challenging the theory that I see going around on Twitter, and you were alluding to when Mars that this is a season when we're going to have to kind of chop or change our premiums, and we're going to have to maybe say, okay, we'll have Bruno, Salah, Kane for a run, and then we might add in Lukaku, we might add in Son, we might add in Sterling, KDB, whatever it might be. That that's what I want to challenge now. Now, people might do that and they might do it much more successfully than I'm able to. But for me, I think it's so much harder to do that than it is to rotate and move around those kind of six to eight million players, which we know are going to be much more fixture dependent, are much more streak dependent. Premiums are premium for a reason. I say that all often. They are fixture proof. You, We know that Bruno, Salah, Lukaku, K. 
KDB are probably going to return seven, eight, nine double digit scores. But you, you can't possibly tell me when they're going to be because they are fixture proof. They could be at Agreed. any time in the season. Yeah. Whereas, whereas the likes of DCL, you know, the likes of, you know, Benarama, Rafina are, are by and large going to get more points in, in the lesser fixtures. It's quite rare that a player emerges in that bracket who is more suited to the bigger fixtures. Agreed, you do the but, odd one. But I guess, you know, Adama Traore is a bizarre one, yeah. actually. But generally, yeah. you do you do tend... No. You know, so those are the players I want to rotate and use my transfers on. Sure. but Not chopping and changing between Kane and Lukaku. We can no, I, and, I'm, and I'm not saying... You should, I, I said I don't do... I pick my premiums and I stick with them. And unless there's an injury or I see... Like, there was a pre- period last season where Bruno was blatantly off form. But actually, you, we were all too scared to sell him. But some did make that move and sold him. But you pick your, your premiums. So my plan is to pick the premiums that I want, the three that I want, and then the, a plus plus red, and the, and the rest, I go around with the fixtures. You, as soon as they hit the hard fixtures, I got someone. And you're hoping that they either, that the guy that you move into is in form, or these guys continue to do well. So if they continue to do well, and it's only like one or two tough games, you keep them. You rely- Look, I think it's possible. What I'm trying to say is, I think with with, with the pricing this season you are able to have um a good team with uh three 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 premiums i i personally haven't looked at haven't looked at my rough plans like i said at the moment i'm going with three four three but maybe from game week seven onwards the plan is to go four four two with lukaku plus one of these guys that Fair we just enough. talked about yep yep three premiums probably so i think so but okay. again listen we don't know yeah, but, yeah. but that's that's the whole point i agree with you however that premiums is not where i want to when you jump and hop from premiums, you are very likely to miss a hole because that's what they're premiums for and that's what we're paying for. Fully agree with both of you guys on that one. Um, Kylie, the last point that sometimes makes people knee-jerk or makes people actually, it stops a lot of people from moving, is this in international break. We have to talk about it because obviously there's a lot of noise happening and you're going to kindly summarise it to us in a second. Plus the potential of catching COVID when they go on these, if they go on these breaks. And this theory that it's good to have, an, uh, you know, two, two free transfers over the international break and, and you touched on it that you want to roll over. So is, should we hold our transfers behold, before the international break or should we just make our moves and pray and cross our fingers? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, uh, it, it always sort of depends on the urgency of the situation and, and who you own. I, I think given the confusion that we now have with international break, with this particular international break, uh, there is a lot of benefit to having two transfers because we really just, we kind of are going in a little bit blind. So um, our listeners will be familiar with the fact that we have an international break after this, these matches at the weekend. Um, the, the big difference this time around is that previously in the COVID era, um, players that went and travelled for international football were exempt from having to quarantine when they returned. Um, that situation is no more. So 
leading up to this week, the, the stance has been that any football players who go and play in red list countries and bear in mind that this includes many South American and African countries and generally countries that are going to directly impact us from a fantasy football perspective, um, those players then must quarantine for 10 days on return to the UK. And you then have to factor in separately to that, that any player who is quarantining for 10 days is not um you know, they're not training in the capacity that they normally would have. So you can have further disruption to their ability to return to play. Now, the prevailing hope had been that the government would provide an exemption for these players just so that it would be the same as, as before. Now, the government has said that they will not be um relaxing the the rules and they will not be providing exemptions that's the current stance again this is a changing situation constantly so keep monitoring that um and of course obviously countries could be added to the red list at any time as well so it's another thing that you need to keep an eye on um i think for instance uh Ben Rama is due to play in Morocco, which is not currently red listed, but there seems to be some fear that it might be. So concerns like that. Um, anyway, so that was the, the build up to the last couple of days. We then had Liverpool come out and it was reported uh, by someone, I, th I think it was like an Arabic uh, account or, or publication, um, had reported that Liverpool had said that Salah could not go because Egypt is on the red list. So he could play one of his other matches, but he couldn't play the um, Egypt match, um, the match in Egypt, I should say, uh, because of the fact that he would then have to quarantine. So they were the first ones we really saw come out and, and have an opinion directly on this subject. We then saw collectively the Premier League teams all come out um, in a letter and basically say, Regretfully, we cannot allow our players to be released for international duty if they are going to be in any red list countries because of the fact that they won't have um, an exemption to quarantine and it's going to directly impact on their ability to play and therefore, you know, it's going to have an impact on our teams and our performance. So that came out. FIFA then sort of engaged their, you know, Disney villain mode and essentially threatened everyone if they if they didn't. Um, it was quite ominous, um, don't you dare sort of situation. There'll be consequences, I believe, is is what they said. Um, now apparently the FIFA president has written to Boris to ask for support in convincing the clubs to release players if indeed they are to play in red list countries as well. So we'll we'll see what's to come of that situation. But as you can gather, we've lots of different parts of this puzzle and different people voicing their opinions, and it's a moving feast. But there are a lot of really key players that are impacted by this. Popular players like Salah, um, Emmy Martinez, Rafinha, you know, he obviously has gotten called up for Brazil now. In fact, because I believe, um, I'm not sure if it's La Liga or Syria, but one of the other leagues has come out and essentially said the same thing. Um, yeah, La Liga. La it Liga, is La Liga, okay. Said, yeah. Said, said the same, it's basically mimicked the Premier League stance. So we have a situation now where like Brazil, for instance, are looking at having like their C-list team uh, because they cannot get their players theoretically from um, the Premier League or La Liga. But anyway, so that's 
that's a bit of a minefield. It's it's something that you have to watch and we have to get a bit more clarity on. There's another thing also, just to, to bear in mind, um, another thing that FIFA did grant approval for, for South America, I think it's only for the South American um, teams, was that they could actually extend the period for the international break an extra couple of days to allow for an additional match. So this actually crosses into game week four effectively. So even if those players weren't being quarantined and there was some magic exemption that we're now not expecting, but if that applied, we could still potentially have a problem with those players playing in game week four because of the fact that they wouldn't be back in time and jet lag and and whatnot. So I guess with all of that, what I would say is there are lots of things happening. It's wise to keep an eye out for everything because that news could change very quickly. Um, Keep your eyes peeled. If you can, for the time being, I would recommend holding the transfer um, and also be prepared for the higher than usual case of, I mean, we always have a higher than usual case of of yellow flags in a pre-international break period, you know, those kind of international break injuries that always crop up. I think that we might see more of those than usual as a way of sort of getting around the uh, any sort of FIFA punishments by clubs who don't want those players to go and play. The quick, quick, PJ, question for you. If you were called up to your country, a new club stops you, would you be annoyed? And could that impact the way you perform? Um, that's, that's something that I'm, wor- I'm worrying about. So, for example, Salah was not allowed to go to the Olympics. That didn't impact it too much. But now he's not being allowed to go and represent his country. I think I think it does. De- it, it's a very difficult question to answer. And we know that there are some players who clearly love representing the countries and there are other, others who, who seem that it's a chore. And there are others like Eric Laporte who just change their country <laughs> every year. So, or Joel, Joel um, Matip who just said no. Cameron, Cameron came back yeah. to him and he said no. So it is difficult. I always tend to side with the clubs on club v country debate because they pay their wages and they carry all the risk of any kind of injury. So that's normally where I go for. Yeah, there's a, there's a, of course, there's a chance that a player might be affected. You've got to feel for Rafinha in particular, who's obviously just been called up to play for the Brazil squad. Um, uh, and obviously Leeds were, you know, very kind of public about, you know, kind of supporting him and, and kind of celebrating that and to then kind of then turn around and say, oh, well, yeah, you know, we've had to kind of side with a whole Premier League that you actually can't go is is different. But yeah, ultimately, I think just, just very quickly, I'd, I'd, I'd echo what Kylie said in terms of it's just why the fuck are we even in this situation? Why has it not been sorted out until now? Why weren't these conversations taking place before the season I, even began? I, what the hell were they expecting to yeah. have taken, happened? The COVID to magically disappear in the next three weeks? It's just absolutely ridiculous. I had a feeling that those discussions happened and they knew and that's why they released the letter saying we're not releasing the players. Uh, I Until then, I had hoped that the government would, well, hoped, whatever the right... The right thing is, for me, I, I don't know. Should should uh, footballers be exempted? I mean, they are in a bubble, but then does it happen when they when you go abroad and you meet two, 22 different players across the continent, etc.? For me, should we probably should think about postponing all of this? But then, hey, life is going back to normal. But when I heard 
when I saw this statement, I had a feeling that they've had the conversation with the government. The government said, no, you're not having it this time. Right. So, I, guys, great discussion about, you know, the main topic, which is do you need jerk or not? Or do you jump on the bandwagon? Uh, I think I think it was a really good discussion. Let's um, jump quickly into the questions. So we've had a few. So we'll rattle through them quickly. Pete Wilkie at Pedro 5174. Is the title race over already? Um, uh, just uh, just for a bit of clarity there. Is he um, a Chelsea uh, fan? <laughs> No, no, no. He's a West Ham fan. So um, uh, he's he, he he is actually. I've I've got to give him credit where credit's due. He is actually the reason why I. You know, you guys might try to claim credit, but ultimately you're liars. <laughs> he is the reason why I why I eventually plumped for Ben Rama as my as my train. He has been singing this guy's praises all summer to me. I did include like him us, in my friend. Like us, he, Kylie, basically. Like you know. No, no, not not like <laughs> you. You 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 know just just you know ridiculous mm. um peter uh, sorry yeah go ahead so so he is he is a he is a passionate west Ham oh supporter. okay and yeah. and so i think that is what he is he's asking in a kind of tongue-in-cheek way <laughs> is really go so it. i would say i would say pedro you know there's every chance we know that you're fucking massive <laughs> and 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 i would also say that the guy who is top of the three amigos league right now has mark noble in his first 11 so you know maybe it is your dreams year. can happen Pedro or Pete also asks, um, should we double up on Bowen and Ben Rahma? That's a different double bubble. Would you double up on midfielders? I, I, I mean, I like Bowen, but I don't. Not with Bowen. Well, no. Oddly, oddly, this, this might, might come into my transfer a bit because I, I can't find a way of getting to Antonio other than taking out Wilson, which seems mad as the Newcastle talisman playing a leaky Southampton defence at home in a game they have to win. I I am considering if we get early news of of Harvey Barnes not making the starting lineup. I was looking through, and my God, it's it's not it's not pretty pretty reading the below seven million options as I've already looked at. And and I was thinking, hmm, would Bowen cover Antonio? And now that I've just said that out loud on a pod for insane. <laughs> so let's move quickly on. Yeah. Um... <laughs> What I was going to say is there's a game at 12.30 and it's not Leicester. Yeah, you do realise that. So getting early news of the Leicester team, which kicks off at three, is highly unlikely. Now, remember... I've got I've got faith in my sources. Miles. OK, yeah, sources. Cool. <laughs> I don't. Because that's never led to trouble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shut Jimmy up, the Claret at Claret FPL. If you were bringing in a Wolves defender this week, which would it be? Now, Wolves have cheap players. They have... a you know, they, the, the fixtures are turning. Some people are impressed with the way they play. Any defenders caught your eye? Is he bringing in a Wolves defender this yeah. week? Playing Manchester United? Why, Jimmy? But anyway, Kylie, if you had to bring in a Wolves defender, who would you bring in? Oh God, I, none of them. Not at this point, anyway. I'm just not really looking at Wolves. I think... Um, I. I think there was merit in starting the season with a Connor Cody at 4.5 yeah. on the bench because he's so cheap at 4.5 and Connor Cody would be out there playing with, you know, one limb. Like that's the kind of guy he is. He just he, he always plays. He's very reliable. No, he, he doesn't. I think he got a goal once and it was like a miracle because the man has zero threat. But He's kind of an old reliable at a handy price point in a season where we want a bit of, of money. And, you know, I know they've got Semedo and he has potential and everything, but he didn't really live up to it last season in, in terms of that attacking threat that we were expecting to see. And maybe he'll come good this year. But I, I shouldn't 
I, I wouldn't be over investing in them when there are kind of better known attacking defenders out there at, at price points that are sort of justified. So if you really wanted to go for one, I'd be going bargain basement. Yeah, yeah. Guaranteed star as well. I can see why people are looking because of their fixtures, but like you said, with the higher ones, you don't know if they're going to start. And the and the two the attacking ones that are cheap, again, you don't know if they're going to start. Um, and there's a better options. Right. Uh, FBL underscore Dave uh, at club underscore monk, our friend Dave. Question one. Use second free transfer to attack the feature with a Hammers defender as they have been unlucky not to haul. Stats are good, so he says. Or save. Um, so um, I guess uh, it's about rolling a rolling the, the 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 free transfer or not. We said depending on this, on the situation. Hammer defense, yeah. I mean they've conceded twice, um, but Sufal is doing well. Cresswell is doing well, so I, I can see why. I like them. Good attacking players. Dave, uh, Dave, you've just wildcarded, mate. So just do it. <laughs> and question two <laughs> is hot wanks. Uh, we'll skip over that. Um, and discuss it in another time. I, 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 is that I, about I the... know what it means, though. I still want clarity. Um, yeah. It, we didn't well, get an answer to that. We didn't really. But does that. he mean? Does he mean hot people to wank over? We, 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 we for wanking. Or Jesus Christ, wank. PJ. This is a family. I mean, you're on. It's not. It's not. It went way past family pod. You were the one who started talking about masturbation. And no, I talked about ejaculation. ejaculation. You know. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's much better. Process, right, regardless... talking about ejaculation and masturbation, Randy Shafter, at Randy Shafter, have we point. reached that stage of the season where we once again uh, get hoodwinked into buying Dominic Cavalier only for him to turn around and shit in our faces? <laughs> oh, I mean, look. This is, this is possibly my favourite question. It's, it's a brilliant and, question. Like, I've, got to, I've got to bow to Kylie to answer it. <laughs> Why does everyone always want me to answer the Calvert-Lewin questions? Well, I don't know about, I didn't have that experience with him last season, Randy, because I completely refused to cave to that man. And I'm getting concerned because I can actually feel that, that past rage brewing inside me, even though I, you know, I kind of feel like I've had therapy to get over my problems with him. Um, and I might even this season buy him. But I just, I'm not sure I want to do it just yet. And that's purely because I have, I have PTSD from, from Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Uh, but yes, I think it is the time when people will start to buy him. And I think possibly he'll make them cry. That's how yeah. Goes. Look, looking beyond P- PTSD, I think Everton tactics and Benitez tactics is around. Uh, we said that at the beginning. A number, he loves a number nine, that is the, the big guy up front. And that amount of crosses, I, I believe it was like in the first game, 17 average, 17 crosses versus the average of 11. There's stats for you. You know, everything is happening. Hot wanks, stats, everything. Um, so, and, and obviously his price has risen already. They have uh, good fixtures coming up. I can tell, I mean, he, I'm definitely eyeing him for my Ings replacement when Ings fixtures go, go out or even potentially this, this game week. Um, so I can see why people are interested. And look, it is what it is. You know what you'll get with these players. We touched on it, the form versus not form, but I can see why people are interested. PJ, quickly on Calvert Lewin, uh, yeah or nay? I fucking hate the man. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's Amen. The, the other thing, he's had a lot of, uh, here's the thing, there's a big discussion, and, and I saw you jumped on, onto it, uh, PJ on Twitter. He's had a lot of chances he scored. He He is 
not the best of finishes, but he gets a lot of chances. Ings gets two chances, scores two goals, and people are saying he's a sustainable. Well, maybe his chances will get better. Maybe he's getting used to his team, but he's a very bloody yeah, good it, finisher. It, it, that's a, exactly <laughs> that difference. point. Exactly. I can't. Yeah. I think only on Twitter could you have a conversation where people are moving from Danny Ings, who scored two goals and two, to Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who scored two goals and two, when both have really good fixtures as well, just based purely on their kind of next week numbers. they do. Do we really think? Do we really think that Aston Villa? will continue to create one chance a match. For exactly. yeah. And it's exactly. actually like we're now looking to sell or punish the clinical striker because he's too clinical. It's yeah. suspicious. I, I get he's it always been clinical. Onwards because their fixtures get tougher. We talked about this. There's so many options. You could go Bamford, you could go Calvert-Lewin, you could go Jimenez. I get it, but I, I agree. I don't understand selling him before Bradford at home in, in, in a third game when he's returned. And that's what, By the way, that's what Calvert-Lewin does. One one goal in a game. These yeah. guys are returning one goal plus a few bonus points. Right. Um, Oriol Rom at Oriol Rom. Who is the best formal defender to pick going forward? Livermanto seems to be the Twitter favourite. So I picked Livermanto at the beginning as my second for along with Simicas because um, I, I heard some good things about him uh, from Chelsea people. Gianni talked a lot about him, but I also got friends who are Chelsea fans that they told me about him and. I was hoping that he would be somebody that they will use coming from a bigger club and got lucky, really, to be honest. And he seems to playing to be playing quite forward. So and he there was discussions about would he replace KWB or not at the moment. KWB is the one that has been benched and he's come on for the for the left back rather than the right back. And he his his position is actually quite high up. And he's had a, a, a when I watched the game, he had a couple of crosses, uh, maybe one shot, which was wide, whatever. But he did well against United. So obviously they've got Newcastle I think next. He was man of the match as well. Not surprised uh, from what I heard about that game or from what he I saw in well, that game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, at four million, come on, it's a starting player. You keep him, until, just like we did with Simicas, you bring him until he stops playing. You go and sell him. Brendan Williams just, or Brandon Williams just moved to Norwich. He's another four mil. Norwich fixtures turn better. You're not going to rely on them always, but if you need the player, he can come in and play. And then you've got Amati. I don't know how long he'll keep his, his place. And then there is Duffy again. Let's see if he stays there beyond the, the transfer window and when Veltman comes back. So there are options. I would say Livermanto is probably the, the top of the pile, fo- followed by Brendan Williams, only because I think after the comments from the manager, isolating basically the left back, saying we conceded the same goal four times, I think Brendan Williams is gonna, Brandon Williams is going to start the next game week. So um, that's what that's where my options will be. Uh, nuclear atoms, particle underscore impact. I won't be able to wait till Friday this week to make my transfers because of personal reason, etc. Thoughts on my transfers already. So he's gone from, he went Tony Barnes uh, and brought in Wilson and Ben Rahma. Now, um, look, we're not, you know, we don't usually discuss transfers that are already done, but the fact that he sold, uh, we talked about Barnes and the prices. I think bringing Wilson in is interesting, but PJ, you touched on it. He's a clinical striker, the main man in the team, and they've got a good fixture. So I, I don't think it's, it's a bad move. Agreed. Cool. Uh, right. So our penultimate question. At Bikesh uh, Sharesta at Sharesta underscore LFC. Do you guys think we need more transparency with price rise and drop algorithm and how it works? Just seeing some numbers that Ben White dropped from 27 to 17, about 500k transfers out and no drop habits, three seven two drops. It happened previous seasons too. We discuss this every time. I don't think anyone can tell us what happens. Guys, do you, do you, you know, of course we would love more transparency, but 
we're not going to get it. I mean, no. this this is a recurring theme every season. There's always these strange kind of aberrations where someone is not even remotely on any of the prediction sites um, projected to to rise or fall, and then somehow somehow does. And it's kind of against the the bandwagon trend, so it doesn't seem like it's something that's gaining momentum over the course of the day. It happens, and it's one of those things where I don't think that the Premier League is suddenly going to provide that information to these websites or to people so that they can um, update the algorithm. There's, there's always going to be anomalies, and it's just one of those things that you yeah. have to live with in the game. It, it is a risk that you take, whether to make a move driven by a, a price increase or not, um, and we just have to wear it. People are doing the best work that they can based on the data that they have, and you just have to, to go with it, to be honest. Uh, Jonathan Strack at JStrack1. Should we be trying to get Kenny to our team now? It would mean selling one of TA, Bruno, Salah. I think we talked about, you know, the premiums, etc. But with regards to Kane, for me, he's a definite way in which, not because we want to see how he does, like his fitness. Uh, is he going to start definitely the next game or will it be after the international break? Quickly, guys, what do you think? Would he is it bring him in now or wait? Wait. I think it depends on how aggressive you are. I think exactly, you know, I mean, yeah, Kylie just said wait there, and I think most people will. I think he'll start. I think he has to start. It's Harry Kane. I know, but would you You not be more tempted by Son at the price with everything at the moment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I would. I'm not saying he's not a brilliant, you know, I'm not saying he's he's the best FPL asset for this game week. I'm just saying I think he will start that fixture against Watford. Mm. And if you want to be really aggressive. It is aggressive, yeah take out a player, Captain Kane, and go for it, I think it's a move with a potential, you know, large large upside. Nice and segue into so, transfers yeah. and captains, BJ. Thank you. That's all the questions that we had. So let's quickly touch on it. So you talked about captains and transfers, PJ. What are you thinking? I mean, I'm in a, I'm in a real quandary. We said, you know, you, you mentioned right at the start of the pod about people who owned either you know, Gundogan or Barnes. I own both the fuckers. And I've, you know, I've got, (laughs) I've got, I've got no idea what to do. I had two free transfers. I did one early, which was get rid of Ben White, who I'm now told has miraculously recovered from COVID in about two days uh, and isn't dropping in price because, uh, you know, that's against the, uh, yeah, um, uh, Fantasy Football Towers algorithm. Thanks for that. So, but anyway, I, so I took him out for Liveramento. So I've got 0.5 in the bank. Um, but I'm currently staring at Gundogan and Barnes in my team, and yeah, it's just it's just very difficult. I, I might I might roll the transfer over the international break and, and do nothing. Um, I need an update on KDB's injury to see if I think if Gundogan is likely to start again, uh, I'll, I'll keep him in there. He's on all set pieces. He captained the team in the last couple of fixtures, so you know we know that um, Guardiola likes him. So I think I think he's probably been unlucky to not get returned so far. He, he had a lot of chances in the Charity Shield match as well. Barnes is just is just impossible, and that's why I'm just trying to buy myself as much time as possible. Um, you know, against Norwich, he's been marked out of the game so far. But one of the points I wanted to make about Barnes is that he 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 played pre-season with Ryan Bertrand, who was doing fantastically behind him, and then Bertrand got COVID. He's had to play with Thomas who is nowhere near Bertrand's level from an attacking fullback perspective and nowhere near Castagna level either. So he's, he's been totally isolated. Uh, we, now that, we know that Bertrand is now back in full training and should be available. So I think that will help Barnes going forward. 
Perez is out as well, I, I think he'll start. Great but point. I, so, I don't know. I mean, you know, you know, what do I do? Take one of them out for Rafinha or Bowen? I mean, or do I just bite the bullet and do Wilson for Antonio? (laughs) Stop thinking about that one. Yeah. I've got no I'm idea. I'm just glad you did not say Castagagna again. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just glad. That was um, look, yeah. I would love to help you, but I have my own issues thinking about what I need to do. I am. I am just uh, just quickly before you move on. I, I am. I am definitely captaining Fernandez again. Okay. I've, I've just said that. I, I, I was going to. I was always going to captain him for those first three fixtures, and I am sticking to what I mentioned earlier in in one of the conversation topics that I think the fact that he didn't return in the past match. Um, makes him probably more likely to return mismatch. He came out straight away and said, there will be a response. I will respond. You know, I love that about Fernandez, as we've spoken before, that his passion to drive the team on. And to well, good, because himself. he was so like a child I'm, in the game. I'm going to captain him again. Yeah, he had, he had, a, he had, a, he had a really, really yeah. poor... But we all did. It wasn't like... I couldn't single him out from top to bottom, other than maybe Greenwood and Shaw. We were an abomination. It's so disorganised. It was like it was like well, I said it. It was like watching two, two drunk, you know, two drunk teenagers playing in a park football. The standard was appalling in that match, absolutely appalling. Uh, Kylie, you seem to be sure about what you're doing. So we discussed your transfers, and you said you're rolling. Who are you going to captain? Well, I've already sorry, I've used one transfer, um, obviously, and yeah. I uh, I think I'm rolling. Originally, my plan coming into this week had been to to get Son, um, yeah. but. It just, to be honest, to to get him would have involved selling Ings this week, um, and he does have he does have Brentford, and it kind of wouldn't have allowed me to get to Benrama, so it, it just didn't make sense. It was trying to push something in my team for this particular week that didn't necessarily work, and because of that, I, I think I will try to hold that extra transfer um, so that I can be a bit more creative going into the next one. Um, on captaincy, I am undecided. My plan had been to captain um, Bruno. I am tempted by Antonio yeah. um, going into this just with form and it's a bit fun. Uh, I never love captaining Bruno, truth be told. It might be my fault, actually, that he, he, did, he didn't return. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm, never, I'm never particularly grateful for the points that I get from him. Um, but it, it will be between the two of them. I'm not planning to captain Salah. Very happy to have him. I do have triple Liverpool, though. So, uh, you know, it kind of feels like I can look elsewhere for that match for the captaincy. But I think... I think there is absolutely a case to captain uh, a player like Antonio who is in a spell of hot form. Um, it's really interesting the points you raised earlier, PJ, about the, the difference between those sort of cheaper, streakier players um, who kind of go on runs versus the, the premiums and whether they're likely to follow up with, with another good score. So that's an interesting point to factor in with this debate that I have between Bruno and and Antonio. So that decision will be made later in the week once I've had time to reflect. Yeah, yeah for me, mm. I had I, I, my original plan was always to bring Son in. And then that, that, that little injury, and then I looked, uh, I looked at it and I, I thought it means a change to 4-4-2 and it also means relying on... Uh, uh, either yeah, a Livermanto starting two games in a row, which I really don't like. So straight away, I decided that it's going to be three forwards. So it's really me holding the transfers now or going now for, you know, 
Morris and Tony for DCL and Rafinha and just go full template right in PJ's face. Um, and, and that's what I'm, yeah, basically b- b- battling with. Uh, it was always, DCL was coming in next week for Ings, but he's on form. Um, he, uh, yeah, good game against Brighton. I think it'll be a good game for both teams. And, uh, you know, do I, it's, do I move in early or do I wait? Mahrez is playing, Mahrez is playing Arsenal and it's one of those games. He came on and he scored. Do I, can I be dealing with Pepulet? Is he going to be putting uh, Jesus again on the right? Uh, will I get early information, which is why I might just wait till the end? Do I give Tony another chance? But it was always, you know, I don't know. Too many ifs and buts at the moment, so I'm just sleeping on it. I don't really care about price sizes uh, and falls. And yeah, the the captaincy, well, it was going to be Son, but uh, I, I just can't see me going there now, although I think he's a good option for a captaincy if you have him. Uh, it will be between uh, Antonio and, and Bruno. And I'll, I'll, it's, it's on Antonio at the moment, uh, just because of the home game and the form. But I will decide later. Yeah. Fucking hell, Mars. You know even less about what you're doing than me and Kylie put together. With regards to the transfers, yeah. And I've said that. I said, I, I've, I've said I had different plans and every day I cancel one out when I look at the, fu- you know, the, the future moves. So, which is good. Now it's down to two. It was five, you know? So we're moving in the People good direction. People are listening, Marzi. Tell them, tell them what to do. Uh, Should they take out Salah for Sun? Yes no. no. I'd no. actually okay. recommend there taking you go. out no. Salah for um, Declan Rice. Gilmore. Billy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Great, great. <laughs> no, I would not be moving a premium out. Um, Doesn't feel genuine. <laughs> I can't believe you said that. <laughs> right, enough. People don't want to hear about our conundrums, although I think there's a lot of people thinking about this, so it was a really nice discussion, guys. And I think, uh, you know, it, we are part of the Twitter family for a reason because we all think the same and some people just like managing their team. Some people might just decide to hold back. Some might make one transfer and roll the other, you know. Look, at the end of the day, it's your team, your game. Uh, wait for as much information as possible and then have fun playing it. Right, that's all we've ha- we have time for today. I have been Mars. You can find me at Mars05. She has been Kylie. You can find her at Kylie FPL. He's been PJ. You can find him at Hindu Monkey. You can find us all at the Three Amigos FPL. Please like, subscribe, give us a comment if you like what you hear. That's the, the only way we'll ask you to support us. And good luck with the next game week. Adiós, amigos. Bye.